You're listening to I Swear We're Not a Couple with Adam Rahelia, the show where we talk about nothing and take a long time doing it. I am Rahelia over there is Adam. Hey, boo. Hey, girl. Um, where was the Madonna song this week? Huh? Uh-huh. Hmm? What was that? A- Empty Promises I, by I my could, co-host. I couldn't hear you. What? <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would forget. <sighs> no, my memory is too good for that. Also, to be fair, I ended the show last week with the Madonna song. So I think La- I should give yeah. some credit for that. I gave you credit while you were doing it, but because I ended, yeah. I ended with "Beautiful Stranger," didn't I? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I, I will. Hi. Hi. I will maybe look up a Madonna song later for this show, and I'll. I'll I mean, there's so on. few of them. There's, there's, there's honestly nothing. She was also going crazy on Instagram this past week. She put oh, up ten pictures God, of herself, I her. uh, posing provocatively, if you, if you will. Well, she's she's never done that before. So at least at least she's trying to switch things up. And she was uh, she was putting tape over certain anatomical mm-hmm. areas, places. Yep. Yeah, I mean she's uh she's living her an best icon. Life, isn't she? That's right, that's right. She's an icon. Uh, okay, what, whatever you say. Here, yeah. how about this? Here's here's a Madonna song. You ready? Mm-hmm. This is Like a Prayer by Pomplemousse. Who? Isn't that a flavor of LaCroix? <laughs> yeah, that is a flavor of LaCroix. I looked up yeah. uh, Madonna covers just to piss you off. How's this doing for you? Uh-huh. There's actually an episode of Inside the Groove I need to listen to that talks about all the different uh, covers of Madonna songs over the years. And and they are, they are by a bunch of nobodies, I got to tell you. Well, that's not nice to call them that. It's well, true, but it's not nice to say it. I, I'm I'm gonna guess that Rufio isn't gonna come back to Rufio. us. Oh, that's from Hook, which you've never seen. I have never seen, still haven't seen it, and God knows when I'll find time to watch it. You know why? It's because every time I sit down to watch a movie with Heather, I go, "Oh, well, let's let's watch a movie," and I'd love to watch something I haven't watched ever. And then I look up, and the synopsis says two hours and forty five minutes, and I go, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I'm, it, I'm, I have a run tomorrow or I have, I just, sorry. So it could be, I exaggerated a little bit. It's two hours and 22 minutes, but still. It's a long one. It is. Very, very long movie. Longer it's a long it one. <clears throat> All Listen, right. It's a reason why I've, I've seen 80% of the Oscar movers, I've, uh, movies I've seen with Jeanette. I yeah. never wanted to sit down and watch a four hour movie. I well, still like, don't want to sit down and watch a four hour movie, but at least we have a reason to do it. And then quarantine happened and then, you know, you didn't right. have much else going on. Yeah. Exactly. Welcome, couplets. I hope you're doing well. Adam, are you doing well? Do you have a nice week? Uh, a very busy week. Very, very busy week. The, the Jewish holiday and work mm-hmm. was insane. And Haksameyak, by the way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, and so uh, for those for those non-Jewish people, uh, Rosh Hashanah was last week. It's the Jewish New Year. Um, Adam was the one that blew the chauffeur. Shofar? <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I, I tried to, but I got stage fright. Uh, what, to blow the chauffeur? chauffeur? How do you, oh, how do you I, say I, it? Oh, sorry, I was confusing that with a with the the name of a guy that was at services. Sorry, no, <laughs> no, I didn't blow the horn. No, the ram's Shit. horn. No. Oh damn it! What's <laughs> what's the name of that thing? A chauffeur. Okay, it is a chauffeur. I just yeah. it's just I don't know if it's chauffeur or chauffeur. I'm I'm making it way no, more. You're making it sound like Jafar. Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, New Year. Uh, you you blow the new horn me. to celebrate the New Year, and then you eat 
copious amounts of food and drink copious amounts of wine. Did you have a lot of wine? Uh, no, no wine since uh, New Year's Eve, but plenty of vodka. Okay. Yeah. Any dizzy fizzies? Uh, a couple, a couple. Mm-hmm. On the second night of after, actually, it was after Rosh Hashanah ended. I didn't drink during Rosh Hashanah. It was, it was, it was too busy, and I, okay. I wanted to have a clear head and a clear heart. Sure. And then uh, uh, this Thursday coming up is uh, on September 16th is Yom Kippur. So this is pretty much just uh, for all our Jewish friends. Make sure you put these on your calendar because I know you forget them until you get to like, you know, Tuesday of the week where it's happening and you go, oh, crap. Is it Yom Kippur this week? Shit. Or you can just take out your your Hebrew calendar that was gifted to you by the sisterhood of your local synagogue. Uh huh. And you can just uh, <laughs> and you can just look at that. September is literally just nonstop Jewish holidays. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's I'm so, I'll say it. Terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's, no, it's every not. other day, I, you can't do this. You can't. I mean, not me because I don't follow <laughs> any rules. But those that are observant are like, oh, I can't be on the phone today. I can't do this today. I can't do that today. Like today's dairy. Tomorrow we can only eat beef, and Friday has to be this. And I'm like, oh, that's too many rules for me. Sorry. Well, I think that that uh, this next one coming up is the fun one, right? Yom Kippur, that's the one that everybody loves. Oh, it's my loves. favorite. Yeah. yeah. That's the one where you eat nonstop and you party and you go, you, you do hat things. and Correct. Or Correct. is this the one where you're just sad all day? Uh, the, that's the sad one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The Day of Atonement. To right. make sure that you're written into the Book of Life for right. another Which year. You and I will hopefully be written to the Book of Life. God willing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess we'll find out soon. I guess we will. Um, How so, many people actually die on Yum Kipper and their friends, friends and neighbors and family members are like, oh, my God, he really didn't make it into the book of life. What did he do? <laughs> what are the odds of that shit happening? Like, does it happen often enough that people are like, oh, my, really be atone and don't eat? Otherwise, That's punishment alone for Jews. Not eating for a day? Forget it. <laughs> I'm sure nobody complains about it either. No. I I was getting such stomach pain and hunger pains. And then you usually break fast with what we call dairy. Dairy means bagels, cream cheese, butter, lox, tuna salad, egg salad, onions, tomatoes, all that good stuff. They call it dairy just because of the butter and cream cheese. Okay. Well... Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking for I'm the guy who would show up after you guys break fast and like hey how's it going everybody everybody have a nice day and mm-hmm. just and just start eating everything oh man I'm I've been starving man I, I haven't eaten since lunch it's been a, a good two or three hours since I ate what do you have yeah what do you guys got you guys have sam- cheeseburgers <laughs> mm. any lobster mm. um okay so I want to I want to give our couplet a warning. Uh, this episode may be a little triggering. We are recording this on September 11th, and uh, I'm looking at the list of things that we've got. We are going to do our best to keep it up upbeat. Uh, but we have on the docket 9/11, John Mulaney uh, <laughs> on drugs, and Princess Diana. So if any of that is is a little triggering for you, maybe this episode is not the one you want to listen to. We will do our best to presented in a very respectful way but still keep it entertaining you have been warned transition I, that was excellent and you did that all before i had a chance to ask you how your week was <laughs> don't worry about my week my week was my week was a week i figured you would say that but i wanted to ask nonetheless i didn't want the couplets thinking well he really doesn't give a shit about him huh 
Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody actually thinks that. I would be interested in seeing and sitting down and having a conversation with people that that don't really know us, but know us only through the show. Right. Like mm-hmm. you have B and Ferland who have never actually met you. But if you were to sit down with them and have a conversation, that would be interesting. And, and while uh, there are some friends of yours from New York and the East Coast who I have um, Instagram friends with and I'll, I'll send them messages and whatnot. But We've never actually sat down and, and had a, a meal together. I'd be mm. interested in seeing what that would be like if we got, you know, if we had like a, a couplet party. Ooh, how fun, a couplet party. Is that like a key party? <laughs> you always find a way <laughs> when I'm drinking my coffee. Because I can hear you lifting your coffee cup up to your God mouth. Damn it, you asshole. I may have been born with hearing loss, but there are certain things I can hear coming It's a little sense that goes away. off. In the, in, your, in the back of your brain, like when your dad, when you know when you, someone touches the uh, the thermostat, mm-hmm. uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, you, I immediately you, go from hypothermic to heat stroke. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yes, I would love a couplet party. One day. One, one day. day. Look, maybe what we'll do is is we'll we'll let everybody know. Anybody who's Canadian can can venture south, uh, or you and I can venture north, and everybody can be. It'll it'll be like a destination party. Mm, I love that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah that's great. right in my budget right now. Yeah, spend three thousand dollars to go to a bar with yeah. people you don't really know. Well, listen, before the pandemic, I did that every Saturday anyway. That's true. What would actually end up happening is we would plan it. We would have it ready to go. And then it'd be about seven o'clock and you and I'd come by to pick you up and you'd be like, do I really have to go? Yeah, I don't like, really no. feel like going tonight. Honestly, we just get a pizza and sit down and watch you know, Sister Act 2. And you'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Well, have you seen Sister Act 2? I, I have seen Sister Act 2. Okay, so, so we got to pick one that you've never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe that'll be the night we watch Hook. If we can stay awake for it, we'll see. Well, And we'll be asleep by 8 o'clock and, yeah. and they'll turn off Hook and be like, let's just watch Golden Girls and call it a mm-hmm. fucking night, man. See, yep. uh, couplets, you're missing absolutely nothing not sitting with us. Every every couplet will be there. with. There'll be banners. There'll, there'll be sweatshirts, dizzy fizzies for days. I'll have cups of coffee. Pumpkin pie will be flowing like the mm-hmm. wine. And and all of a sudden, be like, where the hell are Helio and, and Adam? Yep. Well, they're probably at home. Yep, probably took a nap. Celebrating their, their non-coupling. Okay, uh... I today we record on on September uh, September 11th Saturday September 11th and uh, it's been 20 years since that awful awful day and I kind of wanted just from a almost a journalistic point of view or a uh, just keeping record point of view I, I I like to always revisit days where there have been incredibly huge. Um, how should I say, uh, tragedies, tragedies or, or events in the world that you kind of go, Oh, this is what happened because it's still mind boggling to me. And I know I sound like, like an old millennial when I say this, but it's really mind boggling to me that you, there's, uh, there's now almost two generations of, of people right. who, who have no idea how big and how, uh, what, what the repercussions of that was. So imagine is, is if COVID, right. COVID-19 was you know 20 years down the road it's we we've taken care of it it's gone we don't really have to worry about it anymore and then the, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know look a man can dream a man can dream can't he i thought you said you were gonna be respectful of the day and not and not tell stupid jokes so, so be be uh flippant about about situations no uh, uh let's pretend that that everybody sure okay comes together and sings kumbaya and we all figure it out and 20 years down the road we tell our kids and we say 
hey, um, actually, there was a really awful disease and we had to shut down the whole fucking world for a year and I couldn't get toilet paper. Everyone's like, I don't I don't get it. So yeah. kind of in a similar vein, a, a similar, similarly, like, Adam, you were you were alive during the, the HIV um AIDS crisis in the eighties, but you weren't really part of that. I whole, didn't experience it. Didn't experience experience it. Yeah. And, and, uh, that's going to be a completely different thing. So you have two people who, who have a platform to talk about nine 11 and we want to, we want to honor and we want to respect those people who've passed and the people who gave their lives to, of course, to, to save others as much as, as best as they could. And, and, you know, kind of give this moment where we usually have yuck, yucks and ha ha and chuckles, um, kind of a serious moment and be like, okay, Let's let's remember. Let's pay um, honor to them and homage to them, and and just kind of do our, our due diligence. Now, Adam, how old were you, and where were you uh, on nine eleven during two thousand one? I was uh, seventeen, and I was in my senior year of high school. Oh Jesus! Uh huh. Mm. But yeah. you weren't living in New York, were you? Yeah, of course. Oh wait, you were living in New York. So yeah, and that's a whole that's a whole nother thing, right? There's the there's the other 49 states that experienced it. And then there's New York and then there's New York city. And then there's um, the city. Right. Right. And, and I can, th- this is a time children, if you could imagine where, where cell phones were sort of, they not, were around, but, yeah, but you know, yeah, not everybody had one. And, and the coverage was, was spotty at best. And it was just, it was really kind of awful. Um, so, so trying to get a hold of a loved one during a crisis was incredibly difficult. So if you knew people who were in the city or, I mean, God forbid people who worked in the building, uh, it was, it was a, one of the most, if not the most panic inducing, uh, events ever that had happened. Right. Uh, so, so you were, you were 17, uh, senior in high school and you were in New York. Were you in the city? No, I was at, at my high school. So uh, an hour or so North of the mm-hmm. city. Um, but because I grew up so close to it, a lot of people lived in the suburbs and then took the train in and whatnot into the city. So there are plenty of people in the city. I didn't personally lose anybody that day, which I'm very thankful and grateful for. But plenty of kids in high school, parents that worked in or around the World Trade Center, uh, some of which got out, some which did not. And it was... Uh, it was weird. And I, I was talking to my parents about it last night because I was in my home economics class when that was still a thing to teach you how to be a good homemaker. How did you do, by the way? Did you get did you get an A in that class? The only part of home ec that I didn't do well was sewing. So no. I would not be successful on RuPaul's Drag Race at all. Hey, hey Adam, so yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I paid $20 to one of my classmates named Frank, and I don't remember his last name, to sew the tote bag for me or the duffel bag for me so that I could get an A. But the rest of it, I did great. The baking and the cooking and, you know, the cleaning and all that good stuff. Yeah. So in my home at class, and this is back in the day before flat screen TVs where you had big clunky TVs like bolted to the corner of the classrooms, Um, almost like the, the way they used to be in a hospital. And we were in that class and my friend Nicole was with her her guidance counselor and she overheard someone in the office say, you know, a bomb just went off in New York City. So she came back and ran back into class and we weren't supposed to turn the TVs on unless we were having like an assembly or whatever, but we made her put the TV on, the teacher, and the first plane had just hit. So that was, what time? Nine... 
846, I think. And forgive me if I'm giving the wrong time, but I think it was like 846. This is back when I had to be up at five o'clock in the morning to get on the bus and whatever. And I didn't drive to school that day. My parents asked why I didn't drive. And I don't remember why. Um, So we watched the first plane hit the um, the first tower. And then we were just kind of like, okay, now what? And some schools let out early, made you evacuate. We had to stay in school for the whole day. And like you said, trying to reach people on the phone was impossible because this yeah. is the days of the landline phone and the phone lines were completely tied up. I had everything. everything, everywhere, all over the country. And I had, a, I think I maybe had my cell phone already, but trying to get that, forget it with the cell towers back then 20 years ago is impossible. I mean, can I just pause you really quickly to, to do yeah. it quick, just so that people understand. Um, if you live in Los Angeles and uh, there's a major earthquake, trying to call anybody, not even a major, just a small earthquake, trying right. to call anybody within seconds of that earthquake just to check in and make sure everybody's okay is impossible. You get yeah. that dreaded like, oh, all the circuits are busy. Imagine that for hours on end and, and yeah. just unbelievable, yep. I'm sure. Yep. Um, and yeah, so we stayed in, I was in school probably till about two 30 or three and my same friend, Nicole drove me home. And then that night and I grew up and I'm still in the house, obviously for, for now anyway, that I grew up in and very close by is West Point, the, um, military, military Academy. And they had fighter jets flying in and back and forth between the city and West Point just to make sure nothing else was going to happen. And then they didn't cancel school the next day. I don't know why, but we were in, at least I, Jeanette will correct me if I'm wrong, but again, it's 20 years ago, which is why it's important to keep talking about it. Mm. But I feel like I remember being in school the next day and President Bush was speaking about something and Giuliani was on, this is back when he was still normal and a hero. Mm. And yeah, I went into the city about a month after because I was curious to see what everything looked like downtown. And it was terrible. What, so, what, what did it look like? What was it? Just like it had been completely abandoned. You know, they had, oh, wow. you had the windows blown out of buildings and you had I'm like, sure these dust, still over dust everything. everywhere. Probably not smart for me to go down there two, <laughs> two or three weeks after when I get mesothelioma. I'll wonder why. Yeah. Um, but you had like all these small like souvenir shops pop up, you know, with God bless America. This is back right. when we liked each other as right. a country. Right. It was it was it was incredible oh, to see yeah. how unifying and, and a tragic event was. Right. The that was the only good thing to come out of everything on 9-11 was that for six months, people in the country seemed to get along and actually care about one another, which was really nice. Um, but no, all these small like mom and pop shops selling souvenirs and God bless America stuff. And all that money was going towards the rescue effort because they were still, I mean, up until what, a couple of days ago, still trying to identify people that were yeah, I sent part the, of one of the attacks. I sent the thing to Adam and, and uh, you know, as of the recently as two days ago, they, they identified two of the victims. And right. so there's still, I mean, 20 years later, the, the repercussions or ramifications are, are still here and, and we're still dealing with this sort of shit. And uh, I think that's why it's important to, to not forget and, and remember right. the incredible bravery that, that all of these heroes did to, to go and help and, and, and whatnot. And I think the other thing that I kind of that I find interesting is is you kind of touched on it, this unifying um, uh, sort of event that that happened right everybody was like 
all right, we're we're fucking American. And I remember, right, I was in seventh grade at that point. I know, very young. Uh, yeah, then. But I still remember, right? I was I was a teenager or just about a teenager, and I, I, I have my recollection. But my parents, who never really gave a shit about, like, American pride, were the first ones that, like, they put a decal on their on the Toyota Camry. Yeah. And it, it was the American flag. And I go, oh, okay, this is this is interesting. Let's, I have this this pride of being American. Now, granted, I I was so far removed from it, it didn't really matter. Uh, but uh, I still had this, like, oh, I feel awful for these people. And I, I remember I remember waking up that morning and my brother getting a phone call saying, you need to turn on the television. And we, I never watched television before. So I was on the West Coast. And so it was, I was getting ready for school as, right. as the second plane was about to go in. And uh, uh, it was this just like, oh, I remember this naive, being so naive that, that thinking, oh my God, someone accidentally flew into the, into a right. plane. That's what we, that's originally what was thought. I mean, that was my first thought too. Like, the pilot had a heart attack or something something weird happened or the there was a malfunction and you know boom they're they're just kind of standing there in in everything's way so whoops the they got in the way or the first one got in the way and then when the second plane hit it was like okay this is not normal sorry yeah, yeah and and kind of Everything, the aftermath that sort of happened with that, because again, this is the time where there weren't really many cell phones and internet was just starting to become a thing. Like the internet was barely accessible. It was around, it was just terrible. Right, but it was just barely <laughs> being accessible to many people. And so then you, then in my mind, I remember seeing a bunch of like, that's where the conspiracy theories happen and a yeah. lot of misinformation happened and a lot of false information being spread very quickly and being sent out to people and people believing it and not knowing like, Oh, do I believe this? Do I not believe this? There was a, there was a giant skull in the smoke that was, uh, for the, one of the towers. And it's like, ah, this is supernatural. And so forever there's going to be this, I don't know, shroud of mystery around an, an incredibly awful, uh, situation and tragic event when the reality, uh, I think, obviously, and, and I think most sane people believe that that this was an awful, awful, awful thing that happened that that we hope never happens again. And I, I don't I just I don't know, man, it's it was a crazy time and just how it affected us in our everyday lives. Right. And it still does. You have to take your shoes off during you. I mean, the, and the your belts and you're right. And no more than a certain amount of liquid. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. And I think last bit before, I guess, unless you, there's anything else you want to say, but uh, the the amount of racism and prejudice that there was uh, against not just not just, you know, Muslims, but just brown people in general and the amount of ignorance that there was. Uh, I remember hearing countless uh Indians like getting harassed and, and it's like they, they what the fuck? Like how yeah. why why is this happening? And and it kind of, not kind of, it is still happening today in the sense of Asian Asian people getting uh, hurt and harassed and, and assaulted because of because of COVID nineteen. And right. and it's crazy to me to think that we've come so far in twenty years, but yet we still haven't developed as a country in twenty years, and we're still in the exact same sort of I don't know Neanderthal thinking yeah. mindset. Thank you. Like Neanderthal mind mindset that, that, that animals build the highest, right. That, that right. you have these people who, who want to put the blame on somebody, but they don't have, they, they, they can't find anything or anybody. And so they use race to scapegoat people. It's yeah. really sad. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't I don't know of a time when that's not going to be the case. I yeah, I don't I know. I hope it changes in our lifetime. I don't I don't think it will, and that's not me being pessimistic. It's just human it, nature. I think it's it's part it, of human it nature. It hasn't changed yet, and I would love for it to change overnight. It just I just don't think it's going to. You know, and that's, you know, a lot of it is is the work that we need to do. It's a lot of introspection and kind of figuring out all right, what, what are my internal biases? But you sure. have to take that first step to, to admit and understand that you have by everybody has biases. It's just, you have them and it's, it's putting them into check and understanding them, what they are and trying to figure them out. So that way they don't leak out into the world. And then right. hopefully those biases don't become prejudices. And, and if you are a, a not a person of color, some sort of racism or whatever it is, but right. Uh, I don't, it's really, it's a difficult and icky feeling to kind of admit to yourself that you have prejudices and biases because it, it, it makes you feel like, Oh, well I, I'm not racist. You immediately get on that defensive. Like, Oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, it's like, no, relax. No one's accusing you of anything, but well, that's the problem nowadays. I mean, it's always been the problem, but it's even more so now is everything is a personal attack right away. Everything. Everything is a personal attack. It's like, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm trying to, we're trying to educate and change your mind. Yeah. And change your mind. Yeah. We're trying to give you the right information, but nothing is ever the right information. Cause if you've already made up your decision about something, then you've made your decision and you're not, some people are just so stubborn that they can't look past that. And yeah. it's just very sad. Yeah, it is. But hopefully we, we can kind of, Take it as best we can as a learning situation and and try to grow from it. That's the only thing we we can do. And I I I start with myself, and I know Adam does with his self, and and hope for the best. Right. Uh, put good out into the world, I suppose. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to talk about with nine eleven? Um the the weather today in New York is terrifying because it is identical to twenty years ago. You, you said that to me in a, in a text. I know. And I know I say it often of like, it's a 9-11 day, which means it's sunny, low humidity, about like 73 to 75 degrees and not a cloud in the sky. And there's been da- there's days throughout the year where I'll text Roger. I'm like, it's a very 9-11 day because the weather is very 9-11-ish. And today it's it's very creepy that it's 20 years later and the weather the is identical to how it was that day. And essentially perfect, right? Like Perfect day. Absolutely beautiful. Perfect day. day. Yeah. As far as weather goes, obviously. Um, right. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how it's still so, it doesn't feel like it's been 20 years. I close my eyes and I'm still right back there in my living room watching the television or right. being scared in my seventh grade classroom or remembering like everybody watch it, like all the flights being grounded and it's, it's still so ingrained, deeply ingrained. And I think there was probably... I mean, all of us that were watching the news that day, to some degree, have some sort of like PTSD kind of, or like it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, it might not, it might not creep out necessarily in our everyday lives, but certainly whenever you see the twin towers, whenever you see an airplane flying low, whenever you see as people of a certain age, I suppose, um, something that just kind of triggers, you know, a a really beautiful day that's cloudless, right. And, and, and low humidity it's there to remind you of this event. Right. Well, and that's why I think it's so important. I remember, you know, in the first few years after 
9-11, this, a lot of the movie studios were talking about going back through their archives and editing out, you know, any scenes that had the Twin Towers in it. And it was like, why would you do something like that? And and to their, to their point, they were trying to be non-triggering, right, to those that suffered a personal loss or or something that were very close to the attacks. And I get that, but I love when I put on an older movie and the Twin Towers are in there, or I watch a rerun of Sex and the City and and the Twin Towers are there the, in the first couple of seasons. I, I like that because it it's just a good reminder that something terrible happened and you can't forget about it and shouldn't forget about it. Right. And there, and there's no, um, there's no going back to it. Right. It's that sense <laughs> right. of nostalgia. Like, Oh, I, yeah. I, do you remember the days before nine 11 when we could go up to the, to the, uh, to the gate and say goodbye to that person? We were like, where things were, were just so much more relaxed and, and yeah. there was a real shift in the mindset of, of, uh, of our culture as an American. Absolutely. Um, just, just, I kind of, and I think it, it kind of represented itself or it, it showed itself in music. In my opinion, the nineties were this, were this crazy time. Yeah. You had grunge, right? You had Nirvana, Pearl jams, stone temple pilots. You had these, this very niche uh, audience of, of angry rock, right? Like I'm, right. I'm a teenager and I, and people just don't get it and blah, blah, sure, blah. But, sure. but I think if you look at the overarching, feeling of music at that point, it was actually fairly happy and it was fairly poppy and it was fairly bubbly. And it was this like, you know, kind of like everything is great. The fucking nineties were awesome, man. Yeah. I, I, the, the country was, was wonderful. You know, every, I mean, for the most part, I think. Um, and, and people were just doing well economically. Everything was, was okay. Right. And then 2001 hit nine 11 happened and just, all the whole culture just really changed and music changed in general. It just got way sadder and way more intense and, and just, I don't know, angrier. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I think it's very important to talk about it and to talk about it often. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's that day is not something that I think about just on, on September 11th. I Mm -hmm. think about it a lot Every time I drive into the city, I think about it, you know, and I can remember being a kid and, and Jason and I would ask my parents when we were visiting um, my maternal grandparents in Brooklyn, like, oh, can we cut through the city on the way home, right? Which means, you know, you drive through Brooklyn, go over the Brooklyn Bridge, which is like all the way downtown, and, you know, then go up the east side of the of the island. And I can remember being a kid and seeing the Twin Towers because they were still lit up at night and, you know, people were in their offices and whatnot. And I... I didn't, re- you take it for granted. You're like, oh, okay, it's always going to be there. Like, oh, one day I'll go to Windows of the World, which is like the restaurant and the observatory at the top. And it's like, oh, okay. And I remember after it happened, I'm like, now I'm never going to be able to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I can go to the top of the Freedom Tower and I love that the Freedom Tower is there. And I encourage anybody coming to New York to visit or anyone who is, you know, within driving close driving distance to New York city, go to the freedom tower, go to the nine 11 Memorial museum. It's they're beautifully done. The museum is stunning and heartfelt and really does a great job of honoring the people that fought that day and died that day. And it's, it's really nice, but you take certain things for granted after they're gone. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And listen, before we move on, yes, I, yes, yes. I, 
we have to acknowledge and honor the people that aren't here because of the other flights, not just the ones that flew into the World Trade Center. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was American Airlines Flight 77 that flew into the Pentagon. And then uh, was it United Flight 93 that was most likely on its way to Washington, D.C.? So we're told either the White House or the Capitol and the passengers on that flight that fought back the hijackers so that something even more tragic didn't happen. So we honor them, too. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's one of those moments where I, I'm selfishly right. I think about, fuck, what would I do in that moment? What would I? Yep. Well, how would I react if I were on a plane that was hijacked and uh, you hear that it's what happened in, in, at, the, at the World Trade Centers and you realize, oh, shit, this is this is going somewhere similarly. Yeah. Um, to kind of have that that amount of selflessness to say, you know what, we're we know we're going down. We know that this is going to happen and this is the end of our lives. And so we may as well try and do something um, right. good to help people uh, to, to sacrifice ourselves. I mean, really it was an, Oh my God, I'm starting to cry. Um, the, the, a bit of a sacrifice of um, giving their lives to, to save others because they knew. And, and um, that moment of just bravery, sheer bravery going like, fuck you, you, it ain't, ha- it ain't happening in my, on my plane kind of right. thing. And um, yeah, um, they, they aren't here, but their memories are here. And uh we think about them. I, I think about them every now and again. I know Adam does. And um, thank you. If you're if your spirits are out there and you you hear, I swear we're not a couple. Thank you for that. I hope uh, they have. Po- I wonder if they have podcasts in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Transition. Jesus Christ. Adam. I would hope everyone would get at least like Apple Plus premium or Spotify <laughs> premium when you get well, there. Yeah, and there are there are no ads in heaven, yeah. Adam. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the uh, I think the takeaway that we have from here. <laughs> that was okay. perfectly done, perfectly ended. Okay, so Adam mentioned really quickly that uh, uh, we, he used to drive through. You drive to the city, right? I sent him a map recently. Uh, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand New York, right? I'm a West Coaster. I'm Los Angeles through and through. I'm LA, right? I don't understand. If someone says to me, "Oh, that's that's a that's someone from Brooklyn," oh, that's someone from the Bronx, or that's someone from Staten Island, or on Long right. Island, or blah 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 blah. So there's this little map that uh, I don't know how old it is, but they draw over Los Angeles, the whole city of Los Angeles, with the boroughs from New York, and they liken all these parts of Los Angeles with people from New York. And I I, I had no idea, so I sent it to Adam. I said, "Is this accurate?" And Adam, is it accurate? I thought it was very accurate, and now I'm trying to find it. I wish you would have told me we were going to talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you right now. Um, okay. But it it's essentially says uh, – oh, crap, 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 crap. Um, the, the five boroughs. So there, if you are in the middle of the country or Canada, you're not going to quite understand this, and I, and I apologize. <laughs> you, you may. You may. Mm. Where did you send it to me? You sent it to me on Instagram? I sent it on Instagram, yeah. But it, oh, uh, that's why. Okay, I was looking in my texts. Okay, you, did you find it? I have it. Yep. Okay. All right. So, uh, picture Los Angeles. So, if you have all of the San Fern- most of the San Fernando Valley, so you have the east part and the middle part of the San Fernando Valley, that would be considered Queens. Yep. So, yep. It is 
there's a lot of there is a lot of wealth in in certain parts of that area, and there's also really shitty parts in that area. Right, and, a lot uh, of poverty, right? A lot of poverty, and they're all kind of smashed up up against each other. Correct. And so I imagine Queens is much like that, Adam. Yes, I mean all the boroughs, really. Yeah. Okay. Staten Island would be the West Valley, so that's like Canoga Park and Tarzana and Chatsworth, and and that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is a little bit is is a little bit nicer. That's a a lovely part of town where there's a lot more money, and there's still some there's still some you know iffy parts, but for on on the whole, I would say that that is a, a nicer part of town, and right. also really maybe older. Yep, older, maybe a more conservative in parts. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's a, I think I think that's well put. That's definitely Staten Island. Definitely Staten Island. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe they're not getting vaccinated as much as the other boroughs. Right? Maybe maybe you question a little bit more, and that's okay. Sure, you know? sure. Well, yeah. Whatever floats. We your love boat, you I anyway. Suppose. We love you anyway. We love you anyway. <laughs> um, the the uh, Los Feliz and Silver Lake and Northeast Los Angeles area outside of like the downtown area. Yeah, uh, that's Brooklyn. So for sure, that yep. one I, I get. Those are hipsters. Yep, that's your Williamsburg and your Greenpoint, and yep, for so sure. The gentrification is happening there. That's Absolutely. where you. That's where you go to get a, a ten dollar coffee. Mm, maybe like nine fifty. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, you're right, but you can't use cash. Right. O- only Square mm-hmm. or um, Bitcoin. Not, yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And uh, Manhattan. That one makes sense to me. That's all of like downtown Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Santa Monica. Uh, uh, what else? Rodeo Drive, West yeah. Hollywood, Hollywood, sure. downtown. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. perfect. And finally, the Bronx, which is Inglewood, uh, compared to Inglewood, Huntington Park, Southgate, Linwood, Hawthorne, the LA, uh, LA, uh, excuse me, LAX is there. And that's, that's, Certainly a, a rougher part of town, I would say. In again, in parts. In sure. parts. Right. Yep. And and also again, some really older parts, right? Back in the day it was probably really uh much more wealthy part of town. Sure. Um, and now it's probably more Jewish and Italian. Yeah. Right, right. Uh and so I, I saw this and it, it just it just clicked for me and I understood it finally. Yeah, um it absolutely makes sense. So I got I, I found it on on uh Instagram, but According to this, this it's a it's an old map. It's from 2019, and uh, LATaco.com has it. So if you want to go take <laughs> a look God. at it, go to LATaco.com forward slash everything the New York map of LA got wrong. Oh, interesting. All right, That's whatever. a very long link. Whatever. It's, it's almost as long as, as saying visit us at anchor.fm slash I swear we're not a couple. <laughs> forward slash messages, <laughs> forward slash voice, semicolon. <laughs> The semicolon, guys, is two spaces to the left of the enter button, okay? <laughs> because, like me, you probably don't know how to use it correctly. Uh, semicolon, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky punctuation. It's, I don't like it. It but makes me nervous. It I makes believe, me nervous. I believe that when you have two clauses that don't have <laughs> a, a transition, like you would use, that's when you would use a semicolon. So if you don't well, use an and... My advice is to knock down the wall between the two closets and build one big closet. Clauses and not closets, <laughs> my dear boy. And then what you would also use it is, is when you have lists of lists. So actually, technically, I should be using it on the descriptions of all of our stuff. Um, you know, you typically use a comma to do lists. But if I'm saying, oh, we talk about uh, candles that smell like Windex flowers and pumpkins semicolon we also talked about whatever it is like uh, that's how you would use it 
Maybe we can get a grammar expert on the show. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that that uh, I swear we're not a couple has nothing but grammar experts. And I guarantee you, if I just said anything wrong about grammar, I will hear all about it. I'm looking forward to hearing about that from Great. all of our friends. Uh, speaking of New York, John Mulaney uh, is is an actor, comedian, stand-up comedian, writer, producer. He's uh, very well known for many of his stuff. I think I know him best from uh, his voice in Big Mouth, the Netflix animated TV show about kids going through puberty, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but anyway, he recently uh, w- went to rehab and had sort of a, I guess, rock bottom moment. He separated from his wife. He hosted uh, uh, SNL, and then he went right into rehab. And so this past week, he was on, uh, what's the name of that show? With Seth Seth Myers. That's it, Seth Myers, mm-hmm. uh, And talking about what happened in his relapse. And I thought, again, whenever whenever I see something like this, it reminds me of, of Dak Shepard and, and Adam, how you brought that up. I don't know how many episodes ago, but, but it's a very hard thing to talk about. And so whenever anybody is on the road to recovery and is very open about it. I like to kind of talk about it as well, because for sure, I think, I think that's one of the biggest things is that people are who, who maybe are addicts um, and are embarrassed about it and think they can't get help because there's a stigma. I understand that, that it's a disease. I get it. We get it. And, and it's not easy. And so I think the more people that kind of come out and talk about how their success stories and what they did to, to kind of stay alive and, and how they were able to pull themselves out of it. And no, it's a, it's an everyday thing, right? It's not like, Oh yeah, I got, you know, I, I, I got sick. I got over it. Everything's good. No, it's going to be a day-to-day struggle. Right. Um, well, and I hate putting it this way, but the continued normalization of it, I think is incredibly important Yeah, because whether you want to hear it or not, as, as a person, we are a world of addicts. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. It, Every single person in this world is addicted to something. Your phone, coffee, uh, uh, drugs, drugs, TV alcohol, shows, alcohol, exactly, sex, we, something else that's fun, like whatever, power, success, any of that. They're all addictions, and every single one of us has it. Mm-hmm. So stop with the stigma of like, oh, did you hear what happened to the guy down the street? Rehab. Stop whispering about it. You know, if maybe be don't be rude if they're standing right in front of you and talk about them. <laughs> I'm, but I'm if right here, guys. <laughs> but if they're going to open up and and talk about it and and normalize it and you know bring attention to it, then yes, absolutely talk about it. I think it's incredibly important. So I have a clip from the Hollywood Reporter where he's talking with uh, Seth Meyers, and so there's a woman that kind of comes in, but this is a clip from the Hollywood Reporter. I want to play for us. I got out in October. I move out of my home for my ex-wife. I host Saturday Night Live on Halloween. Yeah. I relapse on drugs after the show. Mulaney said he then joined Myers late night as a writer late last year. I continued using drugs. Uh, You and some other friends staged an intervention, as Mm -hmm. you recall. I went to rehab again, this time for two months. He revealed he got out in February and lived in sober living before he started dating Olivia Munn in the spring while he was newly in recovery. And she's kind of held my hand through that hell. Um, And we're having a baby together. I'm really, really, we're both really, really happy. During the three-segment appearance that spanned over 18 minutes, the pair also spoke about the intervention Mulaney's friend staged. 
with the comedian and writer saying he knew what was going on as soon as he opened the door to what he thought would be a dinner with a college friend. That's how bad of a drug problem I had. That when I opened a door and saw people, I went, this is probably an intervention. Delaney <laughs> <laughs> went on to ask Myers what the experience was like for him. Was it an awkward affair? Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it was Yeah. I mean, mostly because, you know, again, you do those things because you're really worried about your friend. Yeah. So it starts from there. At the end of Mulaney's appearance, Myers said this. And this year, uh, I was lucky to spend a lot of time with you, and it was a real uh, roller coaster, but I'm very uh, happier on the other side of it. I love you very much, and uh, I'm glad you're doing well. For the full interview, go to THR.com. Yeah, please go to THR.com if you want to see the full interview. See, they were smart. They shortened their link instead of writing the HollywoodReporter.com. Yes, you're right. See, I, so that's maybe we should just change the name of all of our stuff to Iswanak. And then when everybody goes, what the fuck does that mean? So we're not a couple. It's a thing. Anyway, hmm. so I thought that was really, really fascinating uh, and interesting, especially because as a comedian, uh, you know, comedians are notorious, unfortunately, for having um, drug problems. But but they are also some of the first people to open up about it and talk about it so openly and publicly. Richard Pryor yeah. was once one of them. Um Sam Kinison was another one. It's it's one of those things where, you know, they don't really, you know, I don't give a shit. Like if it's for a laugh, I'm I'm willing to do it, especially if it's at my expense. But but there's some real there's some real shit underneath there, especially that he said. What did he? What was his addiction? I think it was cocaine. Okay, probably. I mean, who knows? Um, Not that it matters because a, a, a problem is a problem. I was just curious because I'm yeah. into. I think. <laughs> I think it was cocaine, and I think well, stand-up comic, yeah, probably cocaine. Yeah, yeah. it's either that or booze, or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think one of my my favorite lines in there was like, "You know, you have a drug problem when you walk in and you see a bunch <laughs> of people go, yeah, this is uh, probably this is probably yeah. an intervention for me." Yeah. Um, I I also I'm a look. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know Olivia Munn. I don't know anybody. But I'm a You're little, kidding. I'm a little worried and and nervous that. You know, especially when you're in recovery, you want to focus on yourself and you want to focus on on making sure that you are not using that day and to kind of get into a relationship so quickly after rehab. I maybe maybe it works, but I don't know what the 12 step program says. I don't know what any rehab say. I would be surprised if getting into a relationship really quickly is is on that on that list. I don't think it is, but Live your life, John Mulaney. Yeah, I mean, again, if it's if it's helping him, great. I'm sure, I think I think sure. so. Um, so, c- congratulations to him and yes, and Mazel his... Tov and Simon Tov. Whoa, cinnamon toast? What did you say? <laughs> Mazel Tov and Simon Tov. No, he'll, he'll, he's going to be fine. Okay, he's going to be just and fine. I thought it was also the uh, the Seth Myers is like because he's still trying to to kind of have an entertaining show, but but really talk to his friend and that he was such an integral part of that. Uh, without giving out too much information, but it it must be one of the most difficult things to to have an intervention um, for for somebody because that's that's that moment where you, your family, and your friends again trigger warning um, you, your family, and your friends are are stopping and saying if you continue down this path, you are going to end up dead, and we don't want to see you dead, so please stop doing what you are doing. Um, we're all here to help you. We're all here to support you. None of us are here to judge you. Um, but you need, you need help. And are can... you giving me an intervention <laughs> while we're recording right now? So, uh, yeah, uh, spoiler alert. Yes. Um, th- this whole, this whole show, this whole podcast, 
has actually been leading up. No. It's very uplifting today. Yeah, is that's I, to be fair. Did I or did I not give the people a warning at the beginning? Yeah, of the they show? got their warning. They got their warning. Yeah. So uh, this may be one of our least listened to because I've already heard that. But I think these are all very important things to talk about. I think nine eleven, absolutely, drug addicts, all that. You know, recovery. I suppose is better better way of putting it. And then we're gonna whiplash right into a BuzzFeed <laughs> list. <laughs> Don't forget the semicolons, please. Right, right. Transition. Um, <laughs> you know what I'll I'll probably do is let's see. We are at about forty eight minutes. Uh, I will put in the description if people want to hear, if they want to skip the the really serious stuff and fast forward to this. Welcome to I swear we're not a couple. <laughs> Don't worry about anything that just happened for the past 48 minutes. We're here to talk about some fun stuff and some, <sighs> some yuck yucks. Oh, my God. All right. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Another list. I got a text message really quickly. I got a text message from Colleen. Uh, listener Colleen. And she's like, yes. oh, I love a list. I think these are so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, listener Jeanette's like, hey, do you remember that time you just read the Emmy nominations? That's it. You just read the Emmy mm-hmm. nominations for 20 minutes. That's what you did. I go, Thank you, Jeanette. This is why I need you in my life. I mean, she's not wrong, but I'm, not I'm, wrong. I, I'm here for it. And speaking of listener Colleen, I finally mailed her her fistic samples yesterday. We were, oh. we were chatting on the Instagram. Oh, it's, I've been very busy the past few weeks. I'm very, I apologize profusely. I'm, I, she, I, she's going to get her fistics. We're going to be, life is going to be good. Yep. Okay. We're, we're fine. This BuzzFeed list. Uh, people are sharing famous companies that went bankrupt over dumb decisions. And now I finally know what happened to Circuit City. So I love talking about uh, companies that go bankrupt. Belly up. Oh, I love it. I love when big corporations fail. I don't know why. It's such a, I guess it's such a schadenfreude kind of thing where you see and you can kind of track and see where they went. Everything went to shit. And yeah. this like, is oh, a- if they did this instead of this, maybe they wouldn't have ended up like this. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, I can't wait for you to get to Blockbuster. Uh, believe it or not, Blockbuster is not on this list. <gasps> mm. But well, well, maybe we we could talk about Blockbuster at the end of it. But what spurred this list was uh, the OnlyFans and how OnlyFans was oh, okay. banning okay. sexual content. Which you What's know, OnlyFans again? What, what is OnlyFans again? I'm kidding. <laughs> And no, I don't subscribe to anyone's pages. I have to save my eight ninety nine a month for other things. Is that how much it costs? I mean, it depends on the person. Yeah. Jesus. And again, <laughs> there are other people who do other things on OnlyFans. Actually, I don't know if they've found a different platform, but um, I remember at the beginning, Heather told me that there was a, a few comic writers, like web comic writers, that would have their stuff on OnlyFans. At least that's the excuse she go she gave me <laughs> of why maybe I saw OnlyFans on her on her bank statement. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so a list of why the who went tits up. So Red Lobster recently, I don't know how how long ago it was, but they sold uh, Deardens, right? Is that who Dardens? Deer, I think it's Deardens, yeah. Deardens owned Red Lobster and all the seafood lover in you. Isn't there Sorry. another Red Lobster? Uh, yeah, but team? I only remember the one from the nineties. All right. They're squeezing the lemon on the lobster tail and the Cheddar Bay biscuits are being dropped off on the table. Mm, I love Cheddar Bay biscuits. Me too. Okay, One continue. Tierdens got rid of them in Olive Garden. Yeah. One time, Red Lobster offered an unlimited snow crab leg deal. They brought the servants <laughs> out slowly. America. And, and we're like, nobody's going to sit here for six hours and just eat crab legs. Actually, 
lots of Americans do. Yes. Yes. So uh, uh, they 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 charge twenty two ninety nine a person, and apparently they ended Bargain. up using four hundred five million dollars in stock in a single <laughs> trading session, and three point three million in profits. Feeling a little chilly with that snow crab around, isn't it? Well, I don't worry. I did my best every every I October, know. September to put them out of business during Endless Shrimp. I I remember well. Yes. I wonder if Endless Shrimp is still a thing. I'll have to look it up afterwards. Okay, you let me know. All right. Maybe yeah. that's where the couplet reunion party will be. Oh my god! Don't even fucking threaten me. <laughs> I'll get a strawberry daiquiri, mm. cheddar bay biscuits, and endless shrimp. Perfect. Mm, only because we can't hold it at Sizzler anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, apparently Quiznos. Remember Quiznos subs? Wow. Yeah. They there were, was one in over in Burbank. Yeah. What a what a they're a, like a, I think it's called Pizza Studio now, where they do oh, like fast pizzas. Sad. Yeah. Quiznos. The corporate office decided to buy the vendors and then contract all the franchises to only buy materials from corporate with a price hike. The margins got way too high, and all of the stores went out of business. They shot themselves straight in the foot. Wow. Bunch of idiots. 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 God, I've been living with my parents for three years, and even I know better than that. Uh, This this one's really funny. JCPenney tried to stop bullshitting customers, and it backfired. How are they still around? JCPenney is- How are they still- They are the cockroach of the department store industry. Keith Richards of department (laughs) stores. How is it possible that they are still hobbling around? Every every year, I'm like, this is the year JCPenney goes under. And every year, I'm like, oh, how they're still around with their Arizona shorts and shirts. And St. John's Bay. And St. John's Bay. <laughs> JCPenney's tried to stop bullshitting customers, and it backfired. They said no more sales. They were just going to do price everything low because pretty much all the sales at department stores are bullshit anyway. You're yeah. not really getting 70% off. The retail price is deliberately set stupidly high so you can get a great deal. So they convince you to get a great deal. But the discount price is the actual value of it. Yeah. JC's Penny, JC Penny's heart was in the right place, but ultimately it failed because customers are really that dumb and would rather be lied to. Well, it's a, it's the whole outlet center mentality, right? Yeah. It's, um, you know, Ross and, and Marshall's and TJ Maxx where it's like yeah. MSRP is $700. You're getting it for 33, 33. Right. Uh, apparently the times reported, uh, that a woman interviewed an, an associated press story said, the closest JCPenney is about half an hour away from me. If I don't get a special discount, it's not worth the trip. Uh-huh. What was America. her name? I don't know. America. Pat- Patty Ann. Patty Ann from Arkansas. Okay. We just lost all of our Arkansas listeners. Sorry, guys. I love Arkansas. such a beautiful state. Like, I've, would, I've always wanted to go, and I'm not kidding. It is visually, nature-wise, stunning. Absolutely stunning. The I Ozarks believe it. are gorgeous. All right. In 1998, Yahoo refused to buy Google for $1 million. In 2000, Whoops. Yep. In 2002, Yahoo was in talks to buy Google, but Google wanted more money. Yahoo refused, sorry, refused the offer. In 2006, Yahoo wanted to buy Facebook for $1 billion, but Facebook backed out. In 2008, Microsoft offered to buy Yahoo for $44.6 billion, but Yahoo refused. In 2016, Verizon bought Yahoo for $4.8 billion. Yep. See, it's th- it's things like that. Same thing well, with, the, with the Marvel, like with the Marvel library. Of um, course, for sure, for sure. Disney bought it for like a billion or something, like something incredibly low. And right. now it's turned out billions and billions of dollars. 
can you imagine we we might be living in a world to be like, oh, just Yahoo it. Yeah. yeah we, we were we were this close. There's a there is an alternate universe where people are yahooing things, uh blockbuster and chill. And well, and I was gonna say that because you mentioned, you know, Yahoo or Google wanted to be be bought by Yahoo and blah blah blah. It's the same thing with Blockbuster and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster could have bought Netflix for fifty million dollars in two thousand. Okay, it's a really long time ago, right? Twenty one years ago, Netflix back then was DVDs by mail, and the CEO of Blockbuster thought it was a joke. Like, no, no one's ever. Everyone's. They're never just me. Like, oh, I'll just have it delivered at home. I want to go to the store and have the experience of, you know, going through the racks and finding the movie. And whoops. Here's a uh, here's a double whammy for Sears, and I feel so bad. Sears uh, again. There is. Are they still around? uh, Barely. They're hanging on, man. They are Mm. just by a thread. Uh, Sears was at one point in this country the epitome of retail. Absolutely, Sears Roebuck. Yeah, Sears Roebuck was was the name for quality. That's the standard. That was the standard. Now that's where like my sixty nine year old Mexican mother goes shop for deals. Right. Um, Put on your Sunday best, kids. We're going to Sears. That's right. Sears ended their catalog mail order business in 1993. For over 100 years, they had sold everything from hubcaps to houses via mail order and shipped them all over the country. Amazon was founded in 1994. On paper, Sears had everything to be the e-commerce retailer that dominated the globe. By 1985, they had their own credit card, Discover, to rival MasterCard and Visa. They had their own insurance company in Allstate. They partnered with IBM to create Prodigy, one of the first uh, proto-ISPs in 1984, and Mm -hmm. offered all sorts of online services, except buying stuff from Sears, years before the World Wide Web existed. In theory, they were posed to make e-commerce a thing back in the late 80s and sweep the world in the 90s with no chance for outsiders like Amazon, who had built their stuff from the ground up to catch on. Whoops. Wow. You fucked that one, didn't you, Roebuck? Whoopsie. No, it was it was Sears' fault, not Roebuck. I know. <laughs> I know. I just I remember a time when it was still Sears Roebuck. They uh they were some really nice Sears around. I think there was one at the Third Street Promenade or down there in Santa Monica that was really nice. Really? I can't imagine a time where a Sears was in Santa Monica. Yeah, they're, they're gone now. Uh mm. Kodak shit the bed oh. because they didn't want to adopt digital photography. Whoops. <laughs> A&W created the third pounder. It was the same price as McDonald's quarter pounder, but it bombed massively. When they tried to find out why, it was discovered. Adam, why was it? Why, why, why did it bomb? You tell me. People thought that it was less than the quarter pounder. That's correct. It was discovered that Americans thought that they, were, that they were being cheated <laughs> because three is a smaller number than four. four. A&W oh, realizing they can't gosh. explain grade school fractions to fully grown adults without coming across as condescending <laughs> assholes, quietly took the burger off the menu. There's also like seven A and W's in the country, and there's fifty thousand McDonald's. I've never been to an A and W. I've always wanted there's to go one to in Palm A&W. Springs. Oh well, uh, well, or at least there used to be. Yeah. Well, maybe they went under. <laughs> maybe. Uh, let's see. Oh, Circuit City. This one is. Mm, I I loved Circuit oh, City. Me too. There was Do one on Ben Noen. USA. Oh, I remember you, Comp USA. What was a, I was wondering if they had, if you had it out in LA. Mm-hmm. The, you know, there was a Comp again for people who were in the Valley. There was a Comp USA in downtown Burbank, above the Barnes and Noble, that huh. that ended up becoming, I think, a Planet Fitness or like a Crunch Fitness. But that oh, used to be 
a a CompUSA. So there was the the AMC eight. I think that's that little one down there, or the six. Yeah, yeah. And then you would take the escalator up. That's where you would go to CompUSA. Unbelievable. That's where we bought our first home computer. I think that's where we bought our first home computer too. Was CompUSA. And I made my parents buy the Wheel of Fortune game for it. <laughs> I've always been a senior citizen. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder where your love for the Wheel of Fortune slot machine came from. <laughs> I just like to gamble. Addiction, Roger. Addiction. I love me some. I love me some crap. Come yes. on, Papa okay. needs a new pair of shoes. It's a Circuit City. I love Circuit City. I was very sad when they went under. Yeah, they 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 shit the bed. All right, Circuit City. It was a major retail chain. I love that they have to explain what Circuit City is. It was a major retail chain in the 1980s that collapsed under mismanagement. Its arguably biggest blunder was firing all of their experienced, better-paid workers for cheaper, inexperienced ones. Apparently, selling merchandise and keeping customers happy were important in the retail business. Who knew? Mm -hmm. So what they did essentially was, it was at one point, I think it was in 2007, where they laid off all of their highest paid hourly employees and they just brought in shit, shit, young, inexperienced bozos for next to nothing. And then shit went to shit. Can I say shit some more? Yeah. Uh, I think that that, uh, there was, again, a time where you could walk into an electronics store and talk to an experienced, knowledgeable person who knew what the hell was happening, like who had an actual interest, was trained on in electronics right. and could actually help you. Now you walk into a Best Buy and you kind of go, um, like, what do you I, I did some research on this on this printer. What do you think? Uh, I think it's uh, um, a laser printer. Thanks, bud. Yeah, Appreciate it happened to me last week. I I was actually on my way to Best Buy, realized they weren't open yet, so I went over to Staples. I needed a um, an extra power cord for my computer because I had left it at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So I needed just one of those adapters, right? Like the thing that has five different attachments and then you screw it on and then plug it into the computer to, and then it plugs into the wall to charge it and keep it on. And I walked in and I was like, hi, I'm looking for like a universal adapter to charge and power my laptop. And the woman at the customer service desk stared at me like I had asked her for the fountain of youth. <laughs> and I'm looking at her and I moved my hand to wave and I went, can you help me? And she was like, I better find someone that can help you. I was like, yeah. wow. And then this guy's like, I think this will work. I'm like, well, I brought my computer tower with me. I mean, it's teeny tiny. So it's not like I was lugging this thing. I'm like, go ahead and open that. And we're going to try it before I walk out of the story. It's like, oh, we're not supposed to open things. And, uh-huh. you know, before you buy it. And I'm like, uh-huh, so you're going to open it right before I spend $85. He was like, okay, so it fit. I used it for a couple of days and returned it last night to a different Staples. And the guy that I was returning it to was like, so what's wrong with it? I'm like, I just don't need it anymore. I bought it last week because I forgot my power cord at home. He's like, so is it broken? I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. He's like, okay, so what reason should I put down for you returning it? I'm like, like, I I don't care. I just want to get my money back. He was like, okay, I'll just say it's broken. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my, please. Yep. It's, it's, it's something. If anybody needs a, a charger for a Dell in the in the greater New York area at a uh, uh, what is it you say Staples? Yeah. If you see one on clearance, go ahead and buy it. It's just good. It's new. fine. It's fine. The packaging is a little wonky, but I bought it used from from Staples. It's all good. Everything it, works beautifully. If it's got some like fizz stick powder on it and it smells of roses, geez, that's that one's Adams. That's mine. Yep. Uh, Borders Books went under. Aww. A conversation happened between Amazon and the giant Borders Books. The internet thing was starting to look like it would, ha- it would harm retail sales. So Borders agreed to sell books online through Amazon. But 
by 2007, Borders ended its marketing alliance with Amazon. Womp womp. Mm. This one is, uh, I'm sure you've heard of it, Adam. The the appetite suppressant candy, uh, AYDS. I, oh, AIDS, yeah. I remember. AIDS. I remember you telling me about it, but I never, I never used it or I don't remember ever seeing it. They didn't change their name after the emergence of the AIDS virus. Initially, the AIDS epidemic in the 80s did not negatively affect sales of AIDS, AYDS, the appetite suppressant candy. The media attention allegedly helped AIDS sales grow. Uh, In 86, Chief Operating Officer Frank said consumers are smart enough to know and tell the difference between the two, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But by 88, sales were reported to have dropped by as much as 50% due to the association with the AIDS epidemic. In Britain, AIDS was was remarketed as AIDS Slim. Well, in the U.S., the name was changed to Diet AIDS. Diet AIDS. Can we just talk about a time where we had appetite suppressant gum? <laughs> it's excellent. Excellent. Appetite suppress. What was the key ingredient in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Fen-fen. Uh, I remember Fen-fen. I always wanted to be on that when I was a teenager. And then this they took it off the market. This one was yeah. interesting. A, cu- a couple more, and then we'll we'll call it a show. Uh, uh, by the way, yeah, what a whiplash! Ooh, yep, beautiful day, beautiful day. Uh, uh, number seventeen, Schlitz, as in <laughs> Schlitz liquor. I did not know this. I learned something from from uh, BuzzFeed. Throughout the sixties, it was one of America's biggest national beers. In nineteen seventy four, Schlitz's president and chairman Robert Ulchlein Jr. believed beer drinkers couldn't distinguish their favorite beer from other brands and oversaw the introduction of a slimmer brewing process. It replaced barley with corn syrup and Ugh. used silica gel as a oh preservative during the pr- brewing process that was then filtered out, i.e. it didn't have to be listed as an ingredient. <gasps> Instead, the beer spoiled faster, grew cloudy on racks, didn't produce a frothy head when poured, and was flavorless, resulting in a 100 million bottle recall. Schlitz <sighs> also didn't realize that light beer was becoming a thing, so it's got its clock. So it got its clock cleaned by Bud and Miller. It then ran an, ran an ad campaign with some belligerent sounding guy threatening to kill another guy who was <gasps> off camera, and if he took his Schlitz away. By the 1980s, it went back to its original brewing process, but the damage was done. Wow. Stop trying Adam. to cut corners. Silica gel. Uh, a, a belligerent man. I have the ad, by the way. I want to play it. Please. Uh, I, I, I was. Uh, so the belligerent man is on screen. He looks like somebody from the 70s. Who is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, really are we talking bad. hot 70s no, or ugly 70s? No. Like, he's a mountain man in the 70s. And as soon as you hear his voice. I can you, get down with that. No, you really can't. If you see oh. it, look it up. It, it, it's Schlitz 1977 wilderness man, a uh, Google that or, or YouTube it. He's got a, a mountain lion with him. Who's, mm-hmm. who's threatening to kill the guy off camera. Uh, here we go. Uh, hopefully it doesn't play an ad. Excuse me, sir. We'd like to take away your Schlitz and have you try our beer. Shut up down, baby. I'll handle this. You want to take away my Schlitz. You want to take away my gusto. <laughs> You're the first person that ever made me laugh. You want to take away my schlitz? My gusto? <laughs> Say hello to your lunch. <sighs> take away my gusto. Is that the mountain lion? You don't lion? have schlitz. You don't have gusto. You don't have beer. 
This wow. guy sounds like he's a belligerent alcoholic. You trying to get away my gusto? Is this a ad for Marlboro also? Because I think <laughs> he sounded like a heavy smoker. Can you imagine a time? Again, this this was should be the name of this episode. A time in this country when, um, when th- this man is arguing to be like, you're trying to take away my beer. He sounds like an, he's an alcoholic. This man is a raging, belligerent alcoholic who is is threatening another person who's trying to help him. Take away Schlitz. Mm, yeah, it doesn't sound anything like what's happening in the country now. No kidding. Oh my God, uh, just go watch. It, it's such a- my rights away. I gotta tell you, it's such a creepy commercial. It is such- Send, send me the link because I'm too lazy to Yahoo it. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll send it to you on Hotmail. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, I, have, I think I still have my MSN Hotmail too, or email. Uh, last one, Movie Pass. Uh, now there was we didn't Aww. have our, <laughs> we didn't have our podcast when Movie Pass was a thing, but Aww, yeah, uh, Movie Pass was such a beautiful, beautiful oh, God, product. It's that amazing was for like eight months. Yeah, no way a sustainable. Uh, What's the word? Business? Business, yeah. Thank you. Uh, practice, I suppose. Yeah. So Movie Pass, for those of you who are unaware, was this program where you, <laughs> you paid, depending on where you lived, uh, bigger markets paid a little bit more, but anywhere between $10 to $20 a month for unlimited movies. So they would send you in the mail a little card, like a little, you know, plastic credit card that said movie pass. When you arrive at the movie theater, you would check in, you would say what movie you're watching, you say what time you were watching it, and then you would go and use the credit card to watch it. Now you could watch one movie a day every day. Yep. Every day. So movie pass uh, started losing money every single time a subscriber <laughs> would watch more than two movies a month, which was most of us. I know that us and our circle of friends took incredible advantage of this stupid fucking business model and decided to just make it rain. Absolutely. We we joked about it on a regular basis. Like, how many times can we fuck over MoviePass this month? It's not... We knew it wasn't going to last forever, so oh, yeah. we took full advantage of it. Absolutely. The ride had to end at some point, but when, while it was good, baby, was it good. It was... We would go watch movies, two, three movies a week. Like, it was unbelievable how many movies we would watch for 10 to... I, I don't even remember. Oh, and if you prepaid, that was the other great part. Because they needed capital, they needed to cash quickly. If you bought a year in advance, they would give you a discount. So it ended up being like less than ten dollars a month. It was such a stupid business model. I can't yep. believe that was something that existed, and it was so was good. It, 80, it was like eighty nine ninety nine for the year, and it was nice. like fuck yeah, I'll do that. Sure. And it and it here's the thing. It worked when it worked. It worked very very well. I mean, occasionally yeah. it had its hiccups, and especially towards the end of the business, what ended oh. up happening was they realized mm-hmm. how, how many people went to go watch movies. So they started to say, okay, you can go watch it. I think it was like, you, you, you can't go watch it on week, a certain big blockbuster movies. You can't right. watch on a weekend or you can't necessarily Not to be watch confused a blockbuster video. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so like triple. So if you had end game, you had to, you weren't able to watch it on a Saturday night or a Friday night or a Sunday yeah. night you could only watch it during the week or you would have to wait two weeks for the movie to, to no longer be in high demand in order for mm-hmm. you. But it didn't fucking matter because I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll wait. 
And then another loophole was a lot of these movies, most of these movies, big movies, actually come out Thursday night. So they have the first showing like at seven o'clock at night on the Thursday before it comes out, which technically did not count as the weekend. So I was able to go watch the movie. Correct. Can I tell you about the last time I tried using my movie pass? Yeah. It was probably about six weeks after I moved back to New York. So three years ago and change. And Katie and I were going to go see the Whitney Houston documentary, which was phenomenal. And we had dinner at Chili's. And I was like, okay, let me open up my movie pass app and buy my ticket. And it that worked beautifully. And then when I went to go use my movie card debit card, which wasn't really anything other than the company loading the movie, like the $15 onto the card so you could swipe it. I kept getting an error thing at the kiosk. And it got to the point where the movie was going to start in like two minutes. And Katie's like, just buy the fucking ticket and worry about it later. And I had to go back and forth with MoviePass to get that money back. And then it was right after that, I was like, you know what? I know this thing is going to be gone in the next month. I'm just going to cancel my subscription. So I at least get my money back because then it's like now you're in a Ponzi scheme. So if the thing goes belly up and you try to pull your money out, you're not going to get the money back. And I I got my $89.99 back. And and that was at the end of it. What it was such a colossal disaster that that company shit the bed so hard that people knew that it was that it was done before they even announced it because what sure. ended up happening was exactly sure. what you were saying was people would go and try and swipe it and they they literally the company literally did not have the money to cover <laughs> a movie ticket a movie ticket the people the, the exact thing so that they were stupid. set up to do they did not have the capital and uh, they had started like writing IOUs to the to the movie company the movie theaters yeah, like LA. AMC was like we owe you 20 million sorry guys we'll get it to you soon thank yeah. goodness that didn't have that they went under before covid Oh my god! Yeah, and then and then they went under. They're like, we're just performing some uh, maintenance on our website. We'll be back, and then yeah. they just <laughs> they never just went away. And then and then right before COVID really hit, every chain was starting to do their version of it. AMC had their version of it. Yep. Uh, Cinemark Regal had their version of it, and that, and those were great because they could control it much more. Um, but it was, oh man, I I gotta say, I really I miss the golden days of Movie Pass. So good. I remember being at, where were we? I think we were at the Stones house and we were trying to convince everybody to get movie pass. And we were talking to Joel and Joel's like, I'm not doing that. Like, no, buy in now before they go under, like trying to to convince them to go in and yeah, just put your money in it now. And then when it starts to look bad, just pull your money out. Like we're trying to buy, we're gaming the, the system, like buying a stock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of this Amazon series that I think just came out called Lula Rich, and it's a it's like a docu series about the uh, about Lula Rowe, who's the le- the oh, leggings, yeah, leggings MLM, <sighs> and that whole disaster of like yeah, buy in for five thousand now and get all of this stuff, but then you have to sell everything that we're that you have to buy, and uh, same kind of thing. And the company I think it's still around, even though yeah. they're probably barely hanging on. The Lula Rich, that one I want to watch. Maybe we'll on, talk about it next on episode. On that note, Adam and I are starting our, I swear we're not a couple business, where we can buy in for $5,000 and sponsor, and you can sell an episode at a time. Anyway, oh on that God. note. This has been I Swear We're Not a Couple with Adam Rogelio. I am uh, Rogelio. Adam's over there. Adam, go ahead. Uh, champagne wishes and caviar dreams tears. Love you guys. 